Welcome, listener. Join us for this Clear Path to Success professional development podcast. Welcome to the Clear Path to Success podcast for business development. This is a podcast where we intend to inform and educate you and to help you navigate the challenges of your practice by hearing about the successes and challenges of your peers. I am your host, Robert Yakos, a practitioner and a business owner. Today I'm talking to Dr. Abby Miller. She earned her MS in Oriental Medicine at Southwest Acupuncture College in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Since 2001, in a private practice in Des Moines, uh, Iowa, she provides Lowen's with the time-tested methods of Oriental Medicine delivered through patient-focused healthcare. Dr. Dr. Miller specializes in fertility enhancement, women's health issues, chronic pain relief, and the immune system. She is passionate about promoting optimum health and healthcare delivery. She created AcuProfit to help acupuncturists become more profitable. It was developed to sustain the acupuncture clinic of the future, one that provides work-life balance, is profitable, and supports a practitioner's desire to grow. Dr. Miller, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor to be here. Well, let's get into things. We, we talked in quite length, and we've got a lot of exciting stuff here. And uh, I just I always start out the show and ask you to describe a little bit more about yourself that's outside of your bio. So with that being said, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I practice as a solo practitioner since 2001 in Des Moines, Iowa. And this is a wonderful Midwest town, you know, where your word is still, you know, means something, right? You know your neighbors, you share sugar, and uh, you do your own yard work, and it's a lot of fun. It really is. It's a great place to raise a family, and um, and so, so anyways, that's where I'm at. Um, as far as my practice, I've always been a solo practice. In and out, I've had some associates, um, uh, never for longer than a year or a year and a half. Um, it's usually their spouse brings them to another state and then they move. But nonetheless, um, I'm a solo practice and I love what I do. Um, my patients know that I love what I do. My patients love coming for treatment. Um, and, you know, over time I've developed it from a Japanese style practitioner. I've gone to several classes, you know, whether it was Dr. Tan or Master Dong and, you know, studied in Japan and China and, you know, most recently board certified in functional medicine. So, you know, I, I realize, you know, lifestyle plays a huge role in how we do and how we can help the patients. And anytime that I can support the patients in a natural way, I'm going to do that. So I definitely incorporate a lot of things into our practice. But the number one thing that every person and patient receives is acupuncture. And that's my main technique. Great. So that's your main source of income is not different functional medicine tests and exams, but it's, it's mostly through acupuncture revenue. A hundred percent. Yes. Oh, great. Great. And so you've been practicing for a long time. It's uh, 20 years that we were saying in the, we were saying in the the, the pre-chat. Yes. Now, was it something that practice came easy to you or was this something that uh, you had to, to really study? Well, it's interesting because I look back at acupuncture school, which at that point was three years through the summer. So I went to acupuncture school and I basically turned yourself inside out. I mean, your whole entire mental and physical well-being is smacked in front of your face. And 
you've got to deal with that, right? <laughs> so, and then you come out the other end and you've graduated and you've learned that this is a very valuable medicine and, you know, it's important not to hurt anybody, right? Because, right, right. so it's very important, especially from an herbal perspective. Um, and you have a really um, huge respect for the medicine once you graduate. And as I was no different, a huge respect for it. And I did a Japanese style, solely Japanese style. And it was uh, very effective for me when I was a student. So of course, that's what I gravitated towards. Mm -hmm. But after getting into practice, realizing that that doesn't help everybody, right? It helps me right. <laughs> and it helps this amount of people in this particular issue, but it's not necessarily going to help everybody. So what do you do at that point? Mm -hmm. So that's when you start going out and seeking technique and, you know, or online courses and webinars and so forth. And you're like, okay, there, there's more to this and I could help. Oh, that person was just in my office for many years. Okay. Now I know what to do for that. Right. Um, so I think over time my practice evolved and then you figure out over time what you're good at, you know, like, Another acupuncturist in town is really good at tinnitus. I'm not, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say to the, to the person on the phone, you know what? I'm not your person. Detox, smoking protocols, I'm not your person. I'm, I know exactly who to send you to. So, I mean, knowing what you're good at, what you're not, over time, I think has been very valuable. Um, and then sticking with that and molding that and, and figuring out how to show that value to the patient. Mm-hmm. So when you were building your practice, were there, obviously we all have our strengths and weaknesses, whether you're more of a visionary or you're more of the details and executing and the lists and the details with that list. Where do you find like your superpower as far as your practice is oh, as far yeah. as growing it? Um, so I'm all about the vision and have everyone else do the details which is a problem because when you own your own business, you have to do both. Yes. <laughs> so, so hence, hence the problem, the ebbs and flows of any clinic, including mine over time. Um, it's the details. So I have this idea. I think it's going to work, but I have zero idea. Let's say how to get onto Instagram or I have zero idea how to get into the neurology clinics or, or whatever it is. Like I, I'm not, it's just not my thing. I'm not good at that. So you hire people who are, or you figure out a system that makes it as you know painless as possible. <laughs> and so were systems or hiring people, which was your, which was your way? Well, I'll tell you the, the biggest mistake I made was not hiring someone soon enough. I should have hired someone straight out of practice. I'm sorry, right out of school. Absolutely. It should have been the first thing I did. And who would you have hired? A, an office manager. An office manager. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I would hire somebody who likes details mm -hmm. and, and gets great pleasure out of that. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, that, that I am a visionary as well. And the details, you know, the devil is in the details. And since then, I surround myself by people that, that complement my strengths. And I, I think that's so important. Mm -hmm. And that first hire can be really daunting, but um, it really propels your practice. And I'm sure you saw that as well, right? It absolutely does, because I sucked at training them. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? so, talking to myself here? This, <laughs> this sounds like me. So, you know, you know the saying, people or employees don't leave companies, they leave managers. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. Right. So, you know, once you've got to go through a couple of them, unless you, maybe your family owned a business and you understood how to do that, or maybe you worked in a clinic before when you were a student, I don't know, but I didn't have that. So I had to figure it out 
um, over time. And, you know, there's a lot of bumps and bruises and shitty. Oh, sorry. Um, I, sorry. Um, no, that's okay. That that's okay. Um, I, you know, I wasn't, I thought I, I was like, what, why are they saying this? And you're like, well, it's because you trained them that way. You right. know? So there's, there's a lot of um, eating crow as I say it and swallowing your pride and realizing that the problem is you and you have got to fix that and make it easier. So ev- whoever is working with you or for your clinic gets the same training and that training actually works and executes the outcome that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So, so we videotape everything, right? Everything is on videotape for training now. So I'm not the one retraining everybody every time, mm-hmm. right? It's, here's the videos and let's go. <laughs> right? right. They're right. so it's detailed. It's wonderful. So just on that note, if somebody was looking at hiring an office manager right now and they said wow you know I'm going to avoid Abby's mistake of waiting and I'm going to do that now would you recommend them having a whole training system in place before they do the hire or is it something that that you created with the hire both I mean you have to start somewhere Mm -hmm. you have to start somewhere and in order to do that um, you, you need you need to know what you want the outcome to be. And we'll, we'll get into this later. Everything that I do is from reverse engineering. Every single thing I do, what's the outcome and what steps do I need to take to get there? Mm-hmm. So if I want uh, the patient to come in for, I don't know, a consult, say, I'm, say I do a free consultation, which I don't, but I know others do. How am I gonna get them in the door? So what needs to be said for that person? Okay, that's what you need to say then. And then you train your office manager to say that right and and then that's it so you've got one part of you know the 182 things you need to train them on mm-hmm. done but it's documented and then you keep building from there mm-hmm. now with your staff you know once you train them once are you done no. and they go through your system no. because every three months we go through our process every single detail and we ask is this working mm-hmm. If you don't ask if it's working, then you're, you're being worked by your system instead of working the system for you. That's great. That's so important. Now, being a systems person, obviously you realize you are a visionary, and then you said, wow, systems are super important. At what point did you realize that, and what was it that made you realize it? Was there anything that, that yeah, you can so recall? Yeah, so I was, let's see, this was... 2003, maybe 2003 or three or so years into it. And I'm like, I got to hire somebody because I can't do this all. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't be here till 8 PM and I can't, it's just, it's just not sustainable. You realize at a certain point it's not sustainable. And when you're like, if you go, if you're tired and fatigued and you go into your doctor and your blood work looks worse than your patients, there's a problem, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like something has to change. So Two, three, I'd probably say three and a half to four years in, I noticed, okay, this is not sustainable. And yeah, I'm making money, but at what cost? And then I went in for hiring. I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. So I just asked patients if they were looking for a job. Again, this is 20 years ago. I mean, it's not like it yeah. was today. You yeah. know, I, st- I had to wait my email. I had to, it took 20 minutes for my computer to go on and get to email before I even could see email. Right. And I checked it like twice a week. 
it's just not like it is today. So that's, that's what happened. My first, uh, my first hires for the front desk and they were patients too. And, uh, and usually you surround yourself by the people that you kind of like, <laughs> but it yes. might not be the best person for the role that you need them to. Big mistakes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You, you do not hire, you hire a person who says yes to the outcomes. You're not necessarily who says yes to everything you say. <laughs> right. Right. You know, I remember you, you asked me, um, you know, what was the turning point? And I would just remember sitting on my couch and crying. I was just absolutely in tears because I was so tired and it was Saturday and my husband's like, want to go out and do something? I'm like, I don't even think I can get off this couch. I've given everything I've had mm. all week long. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, well, you got to do something because that's, that's what you're good at. And you got to figure this out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's all, you know, you got no other skills. <laughs> so right. how are you going to make this work? And you know, that's, that's how it, I, I just remember that moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, why, why can't you other medical people do this? And I said, I remember saying, but they don't treat like I do. And when I was treating, I was in the room for 45 minutes with the patient. I was, you know, like telling stories. I was reading poems. I was lighting candles. <laughs> Playing the harp. Come on. It was really like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like how I was taught in clinic. It's students, right? So I just repeated what I did there um, per se to, a, to an extent at that time. So, you know, I was, he's like, well, you got to change the way you do things. And I'm like, what? Change? Mm-hmm. How dare you? So anyway, that goes back to your answer. Hmm. What was my defining moment? Yeah, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. So when you're looking at the, now you're now a systems person. I have to say you've graduated. <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're somebody to, to, to really kind of uh, turn to for systems. If you were, with that being said, for somebody that, that's looking at saving a lot of time and effort, and building their practice. Now, mind you, your practice isn't an ordinary practice. You are in the one to two percent of practitioners out there. And we spoke about this at length as far as being successful and what that means to you. Um, now, from that side of things, what, when you're talking to practitioners and you say to them, hey, listen, if you want to jumpstart your practice and avoid a lot of the mistakes that I did, one thing to really pay attention from for at the very beginning and to pay attention to would be this. What would you say to that practitioner? Well, I, I think we've, we've touched on it, but it's, you have to have a system for everything you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to have a system. And that word system is such a vague, generic word. Um, and it scares a lot of people, right? Yes, because we talk about healthcare system. You're in the system, system. right? right. Um, so I, if I can come up with another word, I will. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about that because I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a, a little story ab- about myself. It was probably the fifth year I was in practice and I was like, okay, I had two clinics. I opened a second location and my first one where I was at was thriving. My second one uh, was floundering and it was the re- revolving door practice. Lots of people in, lots of people out. Not a lot of them staying in the chairs or on the tables. And I just, it was by coincidence, if you want to call it that, 
I bumped into a local chiropractor in the town. And he turned out um, to be one of my biggest mentors. And he was seeing, and this is going to shock a lot of people, um, he was treating over a thousand people uh, treatments per week. I was like, what? That, that is ridiculous. I don't want to do that. I want to spend the, that little time with people. He's like, come into my clinic. And, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. He's like, I'm going to treat you as a new patient and you're gonna go through my systems. And it was one of the most amazing processes that I've ever been through as far as education and knowledge about the body. And although the adjustment that he did was very short, uh, I felt like I was educated properly and I felt like I was unique and that it was all catered to me. Um, so systems in that case is we were talking in the pre-chat is about having consistency, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something that consistent with, with a consistent experience that everybody has when they come into the clinic, as far as imparting knowledge and, um, learning about what we do. Right. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about you. We, we spoke about this earlier about your consistency and uh, what's really important about our practices that you learned? Yeah, so like you, um, there's a specific chiropractor here in town who took me in under her wing early on. Uh, we both started practicing around the same time, um, but I just noticed that she was everywhere <laughs> and everyone was going to her and I'm like, yeah. all right, here's the deal. I said, what do you want? <laughs> I'll give you whatever you want. Name your price. I want to know what you do. Mm -hmm. You know, and like yourself, she, she brought me in and I went through as a patient and you know, I was like, are you kidding me? None, none of it's rocket science. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's in the right order. Right. I mean, you, you don't just get onto the moon. You have to go through a whole bunch of stuff before you actually land. And if you skip any of those steps, there's a problem. Hmm. So the importance of step by step by step and understanding what those steps mean from getting medical information from the patient so you can treat them, but what it means to the patient too. If the patient doesn't see the relevance in the questions you're asking, which is part of a system that you're doing, there's a problem and a disconnect. And that disconnect is going to create a red flag to that patient. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you, you might have in your head, I want a Ford truck and you go in and the salesperson is asking you about your Chinese food that you ate. That ain't, you're like, dude, tell me about the truck, <laughs> you know? Don't, don't talk to me about my hot wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. We need to focus on me. Um, and you, so again, it's, it's how you ask, what you ask, and in what order. And I think that patient, as a system, it just falls into place. There's just, you know, you can skip a couple steps when you're walking up, but eventually you're going to trip. Mm-hmm. And so that goal of the system from your perspective is to what? 
what what are your what do you want to do with your initial contact? What do you want to establish with the the patient there? You have to create enormous value. So you have to create value. Talk a little bit more about that. If you're not creating value, then you're just a commodity. You might as well just be corn, soybeans, a band-aid. I mean, like, you know, you're just a commodity. You're you're no different. You have to create the value of what you do in your clinic. Mm-hmm. And if you fail to do that, then the patient will leave. And then the patient misses out. Mm-hmm. Now, is the value for their reason why they're coming in or is the value bigger than that? Oh, it's is bigger it... than that because if you have a healthy patient, you have a healthy neighbor and you have a healthy community. I mean, and if you have children, you want your children to grow up and where that becomes normal as opposed to what's acupuncture, that weirdo down the street eh, who mm. talked about chi and liver. Like, like it's just not, it's, it's not um, a way to do it. Right. And I find when I do the, the initial contacts, so so the reported findings and I talk to to people there, it's that usually they come in for one thing, but the value that, that they realize is how everything else that they've checked off on their, their health history and the conversation that they have is interrelated. And they think that we do this and we say, Hey, listen, everything is that you have, is part of the whole, right? And that's that's really important because I think they, when people go through the medical system, they're going in and they're seeing a foot doctor, they're seeing an eye specialist, they're seeing specialists that, that compartmentalize the different parts of the body, right? And I think that's the unique proposition that we have and to be able to identify that and to hear them, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think there's a saying that you tell them what they want and then you educate them on what they need, right? That's, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of like in the 80s and the 90s, the term or the phrase that people used. And it's, it's no different because they don't realize what the acupuncture does. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in your office. So... You've got that shot to explain to them. And how do you do that? And it's really, there's a, there's a way to do that properly. Right. And the worst thing is, is when you know that you can help somebody, but they don't understand that you can really help them. Right. And they discontinue care because your messaging and your education is lacking. Right. It's inconsistent. You're not giving them, uh, you're not talking to them how they understand you. You're talking, you know, in medical terms. Um, You know, we talked about this earlier. Um, There's a hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. And if you, you have food, shelter, water, those are already met. The patient is in your office. So now you have to ask the right questions to pull out of them. What, why are they really there? And those questions are, are those, is that something that is consistent and something that you can replicate? Um, that is a, a way that you don't have to be particularly insightful that day of and be on your game in order to get those answers that the questions. Uh, yeah, agree. It's, it's absolutely replicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find that 
that was something that with I've had personal health issues too. And that was one of my aha moments was that I felt like shit one day. And um, even today I had a headache when I was going into the clinic. I didn't sleep well. My dog was jumping on the bed and I wasn't my best version of myself. And the patient that I would usually have, I would usually have certain pearls that I would give somebody maybe one pearl at bedside or table side. And I just didn't feel like I wanted to, but I had my systems in place where it was, okay, this is where they are. This is what I've done thus far. And this is what I'm going to talk about today, just shortly brief and then to the point. And I would just relied on my muscle memory where I didn't have the, the wherewithal to actually deliver it with energy that <laughs> you normally would, but it still came across fine. Right. Cool. So um, I, I think for me, like systems are really super important because you, know, you can have good days and bad days, but you're able to replicate what you do and you get your messages across in a consistent manner. Well, exactly. And we, we also talked about this, having a personality clinic is it's just exhausting. And mm-hmm. if you're always reliant on being rah, rah, here I am, that's, that's a problem. You know, again, it's not sustainable. So I agree with you. Not everyone's going to have a great day every time. I screw up all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I'm human. Uh, but the, you know, there's enough steps in place to you know, close the gap. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. So obviously when you realize this and you realize that this is the value that you you can get across to patients of what you do and how you do it and the course forward. I'm sure that your revolving door um, stopped revolving quickly. Yes. It's, everything's referral based now. It's referral based. Yeah. So in, in that case, do you do um, marketing, much marketing or at all? Or is no, it just, just my website? Or? That's great. And you've been around and people know you. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I get not, not other people are going to have that. I mean, it's really is a luxury um, of not having to spend money on marketing in that aspect. Um, the other people that I talk to who do spend money on marketing, it's kind of a, not very the best patient anyway, who comes in best patient, meaning they're, they're not necessarily, they're just looking for a group on deal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just looking for something to entertain them as opposed to uh, looking for true health care. Right. Right. So it's not all of them by any means, but you know, there's enough of it where I would, you know, personally I would try other means first right. methods. You know, when we were talking in the pre-chat and we were talking about this particular class that, that through AccuProfit that you offer on the report of findings, the ROF, I think what was, really interesting is that we're talking about ethics and how this is a class that you can get ethical credit for right yes so i found that fascinating that that it qualified for that could you tell us a little bit about delivering an ethical rof or report on of findings what what does that mean well it's something that you can prove in a court of law, right? So it's not, oh, she feels better, so my results are great, or they tr- you finished the treatment plan. You have to be able to measure the result, and you have to be able to say in a court of law, this is what the initial was, this is what the end was, and show that change. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big proponent of measuring. Now, say you're doing neuro 
in your, you know, you know, TBIs or some type of something, you've got different ways to measure. Say you're doing neuropathy, you have different ways to measure, a range of motion, whatever it is. Whatever your niche is and what you treat in your specialty, you have to have something to measure. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need a million ways to measure. You just need one. <laughs> one that integrates into what you're doing, right? Right. It's the same thing with, with acupropy. You don't need a million practice managers. You just need one that works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you need to realize if it's working from an ethical standpoint, and you have to realize if it's not working, right? You, know, you remember that company, um, it's called 3M. They made, make right. the yellow sticky notes, right? right. You know, they, we don't make, what was their slogan? We don't make something, we just make it better. Right. right? Yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, like, did, did, did we need sticky notes in our life? No, but wow, it sure does improve the quality of our life, doesn't it? Right? Right. Exactly. And it's the same thing from an ethical standpoint. I mean, like, is this actually changing and restoring their quality of life? Right. Um, and how do you measure that? And that's exactly what you need to be focusing on from an ethical standpoint. That's how you get referrals. Mm-hmm. Because the patient now knows why and how. And they're able to say that in a word or a statement that another friend understands right. who has not been through the process. So that's how you know you're doing your job, right? When you get that referral from the patient, you know you've, you have a system that worked, that the patient got the benefit, and they understand how to describe it to somebody. And then that new patient that they referred is in your office saying, I want that. Exactly. If you're not seeing that, that's a problem. And also, I think something that that we spoke about on the pre-chat was, is to give the correct course of care, appropriate course of care for the the patient, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when I, I first started, and here's another one of my stories. <laughs> when I first started, I was doing, I had a lot of hustle. I had a lot of fire in the belly. So I was doing demos wherever I could, showing them how acupuncture worked. And inevitably, there would be a huge gathering about acupuncture, and they would give free demos. And um, instead of doing like a stress buster or, or just like a little point for relaxation, um, I would do that. But somebody would come in with pain in their shoulder, inevitably. And Know, through different techniques, you can do something distally and, and relieve and get a little relief. What I did was I'd be like, okay, listen, you know, we're not supposed to do this, but I'm going to help your shoulder. And lo and behold, I would do some points and I was walking away from the uh, demonstration later in the day. And I hear, I overheard somebody said, he treated me for my shoulder. I don't feel any different. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) Well, it was, again, I didn't have a system in place to tell him, hey, listen, you need, it's not just, I'm not a miracle worker here. You need treatments. We have to treat it as a therapy. And this is what it's going to look like. I think I was just seeing so many people that I just did that Mm -hmm. early on. Mm -hmm. So again, that was an aha moment for me saying, you can't do that. Like you have to map out your course of care and be very clear about it. Right. Well, it's a bad business model to make accommodations yep. like that, right? I mean, totally you become a charity. A you totally become a charity, right? <laughs> and I that's agree. basically what it was. So, yeah, and we've all we're all guilty of doing that in the past for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, agreed. Yeah. 
And um, I think it, it, it's, it's really interesting how, you know, we were talking about that with the course of care, is that it is super ethical to make sure that, that you are prescribing the course of care as a clinician, mm-hmm. you know, wearing the hat as a clinician. And you as a person understand that this person has a lot of um, factors in their life that they may not be able to, to come into the clinic, but you can mm-hmm. cut your course of care or your prescription for their care or else right. that's unethical, yeah. right? Well, it's unethical. I mean, like it's, first of all, it's unethical. It's exhausting. Um, it makes you cringe. And why should you cringe when you've, you know, done such great work and you've showed up and you're trying to educate people. Right. right. But it goes into, you know, the whole, you know, this whole mentality in a, in a business model too, is that, you know, it, it's a method, not a miracle. First of all, <laughs> number two, you know, it, you are a, you are a lifestyle practice, not a turnstile, right? I mean, I can go on and on about all these little, right. you know, phrases that we do. You know, you have to be respected for your value to our healthcare system. You know, you have to operate solvency. You have to be able to adapt to trends. And, you know, it's really, really important to take that, take away what happened in that experience for you and say, ah, oh, you know what? Glad it happened. Done. Not repeating. Mm-hmm. Because it's not ethical. It wasn't ethical at all. That's a great point. That's so powerful. So I have another question to to turn the topic just a little bit here. Is that one of the things that, that a lot of practitioners have is a struggle to find that that life balance, that work life balance. And um, it was it came clear when we were talking that this is something that you truly truly value. Um, is to to spend time and knowing your priority that your family is super important and your practice is super important. Now, is there ever such a thing as a, a work-life balance? And tell us a little bit about what you do and how you figured out. Okay, so my work-life balance is going to look different than yours. Mm-hmm. And can you have it all? Um, no, you don't have it all. You just decide what you want. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And then you figure out how to get that. That doesn't mean having it all because there's a, there's this whole saying, I mean, you you have, how does it go? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll come back to it. Um, You could have it all, but you can't do it all. I think that's what I, yes, Mm -hmm. you can have it all, but you can't do it all. (laughs) That's right. Yes. So, um, how does that work for everybody? It's different. You know, I'm 45 right now. I I have a seven and a half year old and I want to be completely engaged in in the moments of picking them up from school where other people, maybe they're not interested in that. Maybe they want to do other things. Maybe they want to do the drop off in the morning. Maybe, maybe, maybe they want to homeschool their kids. I mean, everyone's different in what they want, right? So that work-life balance is going to be different for everybody. So I'm really prefacing that because what I want and need right now is different than what I wanted and needed 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And in 10 years, it will change again. So, you know, where I'm at, uh, for example, we talked about this last year between vacations and travel and holiday, you know, Christmas, you know, gosh, Christmas and Thanksgiving, just New Year's just rolled right into one. But and, you know, I worked basically nine out of 12 months last year. That's what that's, I wanted. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> you know? And your and your practice didn't fall apart, huh? Practice didn't fall apart, no. You didn't close your doors? 
I didn't close my doors. I didn't cry poverty. I didn't beg people and give away stuff just to say, hey, you know, oh, you can't afford that. Well, how much can you afford? Because that's what we'll charge you that. You're like, no, I didn't do that. Um, and you weren't a nervous wreck. You weren't having panic attacks when you were away from the, the, the practice. No, it's funny because when you have systems in place, Sunday afternoon, I remember before Sunday afternoon, I would start dreading Monday. I was like, shoot, Monday's coming. <laughs> shoot. Right. And there was this dread that I would have. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have that dread when you have effective systems. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and so let's, let's just talk a little bit about the peace of the mind, peace of mind that you had. And we talked about the number, your number, my number, my number your, your number, number. <laughs> their number, the so, number, because <laughs> everyone a, wants to know a number because right. again, totally irrelevant question. <laughs> right. From a high level um, point of view, from knowing your number and what it takes and how you design your practice around your number. What does that, what does that mean? And what kind of peace of mind does that give you to know that number? And what is it? So my, if I look at it from that, I'm actually the patient of the business or the owner of the business, the number has to work. And my number is going to be different living in Des Moines, Iowa than somebody who lives in Brooklyn, New York. It's just going to be different. You know, Um, people who have daycare, um, people who have different health concerns, different um, debt, it's just going to be different. And the amount that you charge a patient has to be profitable for you. It cannot be, a charitable number. You can give charity outside of your clinic and you can run a charitable clinic somewhere else, different location, however many days a week you want to do it. But in your one clinic of profitable where you ask for money and you have to pay rent or a mortgage or taxes, you have to be profitable and that number has to work. So everyone's number is different. Whether you, you've got to look at, and I have a YouTube video on it. What does it cost you to treat the patient? Mm-hmm. So, you know, how much does it cost to keep your lights on? How much does it cost to pay the phone bill? You know, your basic costs. Okay. And th- whatever that number is, is going to be different. Um, and over time, whether I have, I've had a child or not had a child, I mean, that number has changed. So, you know, it should be under 30 across the board. I mean, those basic expenses should be under 30, under $30. Um, and therefore that doesn't include salary. Mm-hmm. doesn't include, um, I don't know, your snow removal. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the basics, you know, your set fixed expenses. There should, there should be a number. So most, most of the time it should be 17, $18, et cetera. Mm-hmm like that, which is what I'm finding that patients are, pe- pe- uh, acupuncturists, when I talk to them across the country, um, they're really profiting like $15 mm-hmm. off, their, off their treatment, which is, you know, it's fine if that's your number, but that's not my number. Right. You know? Right. And then you can, from that number, you can populate 
how many uh, treatments that you need to get to the number that you want to take home, right? How you need to change your clinic, what kind of price structure, a lot of different things. When you're first hire, right? And that gives you a peace of mind there that I'm okay, you, right? You have to. You have to reverse engineer. Oh, oh I, so let's say your number's, I don't know, $30, $25. Let's say it's $25. It costs you $25 to actually treat the patient. Then you have to hire staff. So what, what's, what's that going to be? So that's going to bring it up to $50. And then let's say you want to put your salary into that. So that's going to be $75. I'm just, you know, putting in numbers here for evenness. So let's say your, your number is 75, but you're only charging 85. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. That's great. That is so, so, so important. I am constantly, even being in uh, practice for 15 years, looking to see how those numbers change and the mm -hmm. overhead versus how many treatments I need pricing. It's so important. And when you have that realized, it gives you such a peace of mind. And for, yes, for you that, must know your numbers. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a huge takeaway there. And I talked to people, we talked about this before, Robert, you know, they may have a $1.5 million practice and that's wonderful, but what are they bringing home? And if you, if you seriously look at it and you're like, oh, well, I'm bringing a hundred or I don't know, 150 home. Um, that's, that's a problem. That's, mm -hmm. that's a big problem, right. <laughs> you know? Especially so, for, yeah. And it's not sustainable over time because you're not just an acupuncturist. No. Correct. You're Correct. an accountant, sales, marketing. You're doing so much more than what is valued for a hundred K. Agreed. So. And, and I, I just don't think people are, um, when I speak to them, you know, they call me about AccuProfit. They're just not, it's not that they're not honest. They just, they're just not, they don't realize what numbers they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So when we categorize, okay, this is this number and what goes into this number is this. They're like, oh, I didn't know that. Of mm -hmm. course you didn't know that. No problem. Okay, let's just figure it out. Right. What number do you need? You know? And then, you know, that's just to keep the lights on, okay? <laughs> For $75. <laughs> Back to my example, and you charge $85 um, or 100 But then you have your, say your insurance practice. Then you got to pay a biller or your right. time for billing. Right. And the back and forth of that. And the emotional drain of that. I mean, that's just, it's baloney. You know? And then let's, not, then let's talk about, okay, what about your lifestyle? Maybe you have a kid in private school. Maybe you, you want to take your whole family to go to a family reunion. I mean, that costs money. Disney World costs six to eight grand. Okay. It's like everything costs money. So, you know, do you have a retirement? No, nobody is, is giving acupunctures. We, it's not like we have this great organization yet that has a retirement stuff for us, you know, long-term health care that they've, you know, negotiated prices for, for us, um, uh, auto insurance. I mean, every other industry has this, <laughs> right. we don't. And we have so to take control of that. You have to right. put your numbers. Okay. So then this is keep the lights on numbers. Let's say it's $75 and then you pay, charge 85. So you're getting $10, which again, or not, whatever, it's still not enough, but that's your keep the lights on number. And then what about your, okay, my rainy day fund number, right? So you've got to create a treatment price that covers that rainy day fund because nobody else is doing it for you. Right. 
And these are huge conversations to have, even from, from day one to all the way through and revisiting. Because like you said, your practice changes, your life changes, you have different needs. So having that spreadsheet is super, super important to tell the vitals, the health of your practice, right? Mm -hmm. And I have patients who come from other parts of the United States. Let's say they've moved here, had from a lovely mama from New York City come in and she's like, uh, that's not what I pay in Brooklyn. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, your acupuncturist is broke, <laughs> but that's not my problem. Right. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> this is what I charge. And I don't back down from that. Right. I could be flexible in how you pay if you want to break that up. Okay, we can come up with a plan for you. But this is the fee because this is the value of it. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, you know. And so I know powerful. Other... That is such a huge tip right there. So that's great. Um, so last question for you. We're running a little bit short on uh, time here. What, how do you define success for you and your practice? I think there are probably two separate questions there, but for you to, to achieve success, what does that mean? My success is based off of having joy when I come into work. If I'm not happy, or if I feel, or if I hear a patient say five visits in, what exactly are you looking for? Why, what, what are we, why are you taking my polls? Mm -hmm. That's not success. That makes me cringe. That drains my energy. And it means I missed a step along the way. Right. So my success is creating value for the acupuncturist, number one, as a profession, so we don't become invalid, which is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Number two, success is I can pay my bills and I don't owe more than I make, which again, definition of broke. Mm -hmm. And number three, referrals. To me, that's the ultimate, you're doing a good job. You're, you're, you're doing it. That's huge. Wow. You know, our, our patients, we, we think we, we, we kind of touched on this. We think we have to like accommodate, um, change. This person is fertility. So we need to change the way we do it this way. This person's for, as you said, shoulder pain. So I need to change what I say here for that. And it's not true. They're all looking for the same thing. Okay. They do want to feel better, but they also want to improve the quality of life. And those are two different things. Mm -hmm. We don't need to make it easier for the patient. We just need to make it worth it. Love it. I'm writing down my notes over here. These are words to take away. Wow. Dr. Abby Miller, thank you very much. There is so much here in this episode. I hope um, people got, I'm sure they got a lot of value out of this. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> a couple things that, um, just a heads up, I, I'd like people to check out your YouTube uh, video on the numbers. Uh, you referenced that there. 
Uh, we'll put it in the show note, uh, notes, but is there an easy way to, to look up your YouTube, I'm sorry, YouTube channel? It's, yeah, AccuProfit. And AccuProfit, great. Yeah. And also uh, a little bit short of the, the reported findings class that you have to offer. You can check that out at AccuProfit and also at the CMTW, the Chinese Medicine Network's website, and there will be links with the Clear Channel for Success um, going right out to the course. That course will be offered in the future. We have uh, it offered coming up in March as well. This is something that everybody needs to take advantage of. And um, I think I may need to make a, I know I need to make an appearance out to Des Moines. Um, <laughs> is it, how's the food out there? Fantastic. Fantastic. It. It's all catered in. Oh my gosh. I'm there. I always, um, I think through my stomach, unfortunately, that's my, <laughs> that's, that's my kryptonite. So thank you again uh, for being a part of this show. And um, I would love to have you back on the show in the future. This has been a very nice experience. I really appreciate your time, Robert. All right. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, consider joining our Facebook group. Just search for Clear Path to Success Professional Development. Thank you all again.